Hey everyone, Adrian here from Lifehouse Church in Tokyo, and it is a joy to share with you today. So I want to look at this question today of how can I join God's mission for my city, for my nation? How, how can I make an impact in this world? And I, I really believe that in, inside of every single one of us, there is this desire to live a life of purpose, a life of meaning, a life that makes an impact in the world that we live in. So with vision, you always need provision. So for every vision, you need provision. So think about the vision that you might have to, to build a great business, the vision of, uh, of going on a dream holiday or the vision of the, the dream house that you want to build. That we can be filled with that vision, but that vision cannot be accomplished unless you have the provision to accomplish that vision. I, I believe it's the same with the vision that God has for our nation, our city. He's got a, a great plan, a great vision to see people reached and impacted by the message of Jesus to see people coming to salvation getting this hope for eternity and healing and uh, and freedom and really to see families blessed that's the the vision that God has but in order to see that vision fulfilled we need provision for the kingdom of God and Lifehouse Church was started because of a vision Pastor Viv had a vision of this tsunami that would wash over Japan and it wasn't a destructive tsunami but one of God's love and power that would wash over this nation and for that vision we need provision for the for the kingdom of God and I really believe that God loves to bless us as his people he he looks after us as a father and provides for us all that we need but above and beyond that God wants to bless you and I with uh, extra provision so that we can be we are blessed to be a blessing we can bring provision into the kingdom of God. And so I want to look at a great story today from the Christmas story. You know, I know we nearly in springtime, and, but I want to tell you a great Christmas story of Mary and Joseph and how God had given them a massive vision and calling and a responsibility to raise up Jesus, the Son of God, the, the Savior of the world. And yet God used an incredible group of people to provide extravagantly for Mary and Joseph to fulfill this vision uh, for their lives. I want to just start with a quick recap of the story of Mary and Joseph. Maybe some of you are new to this whole story, but Mary and Joseph were just a regular young couple. They were engaged. Mary and Joseph were most likely under the age of 20. They were engaged, ready to start a new life together and Joseph by trade was a carpenter so he obviously made a decent living but he wasn't rich and extravagantly wealthy but God interrupts their life and he gives them this call this this vision to become the parents of Jesus and both of them after some conversations and wrestling through it they say yes to that vision and, and step into that into that purpose that God has for them and so Jesus was then born in this uh, this town called Bethlehem and at the same time this the king of this area was called Herod and he had heard this rumor of this this new king of the Jews that was born and and he was intimidated by this and a little bit insecure and so he set out on a mission to find and kill Jesus but an uh, uh, Joseph has a dream and in this dream, he's told to get Mary and Joseph out of town as quickly as possible. So he heads up to Egypt 
And that would have cost them a lot of money. They had to travel. They had to uproot their whole life from, from, uh, from this nation and move to a new nation. So they had to find new accommodation. Joseph had to build up new clients as a carpenter. It would take time for him to set up his business. And, and maybe a few years in, they had other children because we know that Mary and Joseph had other children after Jesus. So there was a lot on this young couple's plate. They trying to raise the savior of the world, have to move nations, set up new businesses. So there was a lot of uh, pressure on them because even though they said yes to God, but I want to show you how God provided miraculously and in the most incredible ways uh, for Mary and Joseph through a group of uh, amazing people. So we're going to dive into the story of the wise men from the east. So sometimes it's the three kings or the wise men, but I'm going to look at this story starting in Matthew chapter 2 verse 1 says, Jesus was born in a town of Bethlehem in Judea during the time when Herod was king. After Jesus was born, some wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. They asked, where is the child who has been born, the king of the Jews? We saw his star that shows us he was born. We saw it rise in the sky in the east and have come to worship him. Okay, so now we introduce to these wise men. So the wise men were a, a group of people who uh, were from the uh, Babylonians, the Medes, the Persians, and other ancient civilizations. It was a group of people who were, who were intellectual. They were wealthy. They were influential. They could have been maybe like uh, teachers or doctors or uh, ast- astrologers, or I think that's the word, or um, these kind of people that were dream interpreters. So they were a variety of different people, but they were influential. They were wealthy. And so these are the people that God drew by this star that rose in the east and they were most likely coming from Babylon which is modern day uh, Baghdad in Iraq and so if you just jump onto your Google Maps and you say Baghdad to Jerusalem you'll see it's about a thousand one hundred kilometers and and if you if you select walking Google says it'll take about 10 days of of non-stop walking that's 24 hours of non-stop walking so it could have taken them up to I would say two to three months because obviously they're not going to walk for 24 hours and they would have had a huge entourage of people and they would have had uh, um, camels and and servants it was this massive group of people that had to travel for over a thousand one hundred kilometers and so finally they rock up in Jerusalem and they obviously made quite a stir. You could have just seen this like entourage of people coming over the hill and the dust and the camels and all of that and uh, cool like Persian music playing in the background. And they rock up in Jerusalem and obviously they, this catches the attention of King Herod and all of Jerusalem. And Herod comes out to meet them. He's like, hey, who are you guys and what, what are you doing here in, in Jerusalem? So they share with him saying that we were, we were back in our country and, and we saw the star rising in the east and, and we were drawn to it and we knew that there was a new king that had been born. And so this, this shook Herod up a little bit. He was like, but I'm king. And he, was, he, didn't, want, uh, he, he didn't want any op- opposition. And so he was a little bit stirred up by this in the whole of Jerusalem, the whole of Israel. They're like, who's this king? We've never heard of him. And so these wise men are, are trying to find 
where Jesus has been born. And so Herod goes to the religious scholars who knew the scriptures and, and, and all of the, the Jewish people knew of the promises that had been coming for thousands of years about this new king, this Messiah that would be born. And so Herod says to these guys, where is this king going to be born? So they're searching the scriptures and they say, in Bethlehem. And so Herod goes back and he meets with these wise men and he says, uh, uh, you should go to Bethlehem. You'll find the king there. And when you find him, tell me because I want to go and worship him, worship him as well. So that's what he tells the wise men. But we later find out that he was trying to find where Jesus was so that he could go and kill him. And so the wise men set off. um, And so I want to pick up in verse 9. After the wise men heard the king, they left. They saw the same star they had seen in the east, and they followed it. The star went before them until it stopped above the place where the child was. They were very happy and excited to see the star. The wise men came to the house where the child was with with Mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened up boxes of gifts and they brought it to him. They gave him uh, treasures of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Uh, But God warned the wise men in the dream to not go back to Herod. So they went home via a different way. And so something significant must have happened in these men's hearts. This this group of wise men that that traveled for over a thousand kilometers. It It took up to three months. It would have cost them a lot of money. And they brought these extravagant gifts before Jesus. So something must have been stirring in their hearts. Something was pulling them into this story of Jesus. And they come and they just open up these uh, extravagant gifts. And f- for us today, it would have been that would have been like these really influential people rocking up to Mary and Joseph, just simple people with suitcases full of money. It was an extravagant gift. And I believe that it was this provision that helped Joseph and Mary to continue following the vision that God had for their life. This vision of raising up Jesus, which has now impacted billions of people around the world. This this incredible story of Jesus. And I believe that still today, God has hundreds and thousands of wise men and women in his kingdom as his people, those that God has given a gift, a supernatural gift to generate wealth for the kingdom of God. I really believe that. And I believe many of you that are listening today have got this gift. There's this gift is upon your life to generate great wealth for the kingdom of God. That So we can see the, the mission of Jesus accelerated in our cities and in our nations. And I believe that every single follower of Jesus is called to a life of generosity. Once you've been impacted by Jesus, it's natural to forgive and to live a life of generosity and be a person that has a giving attitude in our life. But above and beyond that, I believe there's a supernatural gift, and we're going to look at that later, upon people to, who just have a passion that are, are, first of all, they're really good at making money. It's easy. Uh, obviously, there's hard work and all of that, in, but they just seem to have this ability to generate wealth and then also have this passion to give and to be a part of seeing the kingdom of God advancing in our lives. And so I really want to talk into this today a little bit more, is what can we learn from this amazing story of these wise men who were from a different nation, who were from a different religion and, and, and thinking and worldview, and yet they brought into the story of Jesus and they live a life of worship. They bow down before Jesus and then they give the gifts in the most extravagant way. And so 
a few things that I really feel like we can learn from this story is number one, it starts with grace. Okay. Number one, I think that's the foundation of generosity. It starts with grace. It's not, it's, 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 we, we are first impacted by God. I think a, a incredible thing about the kingdom of God is we are blessed to be a blessing. We are loved and we can love. It's uh, uh, God by his grace impacts us and and then from that place, we can be a blessing to other people. And I think that's what happened to these men. They, were, they weren't ever, they, weren't, they may have been aware of the Jewish scriptures, but being people who are studying, studying and understanding different cultures and religions, but they weren't, I don't think they were living with this expectation of this Messiah as much as the Jewish people were, but something had captured their heart. I love this teaching that Jesus gives in John 4, uh, John 6, 44. It says, For no one can come to me unless the Father draws them in. And at the last day, I will raise them up. It's an incredible truth is that none of us, including these wise men, can come to know Jesus without the Father drawing in our hearts. This is what grace is. We did not choose God, but God chose us. And we can respond to His invitation but it's not us who chose God. Even though, even if you were brought up in a Christian home like I was, or maybe you've never heard about Jesus until a few weeks ago, all of that is that God has, God has put things in place to draw you in and bring you into the story of Jesus. And so I think these men were so humbled that they were invited into the story that God had used the star to draw their hearts in and, and when they, it says, when they arrived at the house, they were overjoyed. They were so happy and, and excitement. And they walk in and they bow down before Jesus and, and they worship Him. So that's the thing is God draws our heart. The second part of grace that I want to look at is um, Colossians 1.16, talking about Jesus. It says, for through the Son, everything was created both in the heavenly realm and on earth. All that is seen and all that is unseen, every power, every seat of power, realm of government, principality and authority, it was all created through Him and for Him. So here's a big, incredible truth that I think as we all need to grab in our hearts is that you were created by God and you were created for God. So number one is you were created by God. So God created you with intentionality. He, the gifts that you have is because God has put that in you. The, 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 the nationality that you have is because God put that in you. The personality that you have is because God put that in you. God created you that way. And every single person is created as a masterpiece from God. So that's number one. It's like we didn't choose the gifts or the, the family or any of this that we were born in. It was a gift from God. God chose us. And number one, number two about this is that God chose us for purpose. Okay, so God creates us with individual giftings, personalities, and all of that is a mix to fulfill the purpose that God has given you. It's nothing that we have done. but And, and so that just inspires me that our existence is not meaningless. Our existence is full of purpose because this is the way that God created us. So, so number one, it's all about grace. God draws us in, God creates us, and He gives us purpose, same as these wise men. And the second thing I love about the story is uh, these men were, uh, they were humble, un uncomplicated givers, okay? 
they, they didn't just rock up and give these gifts to Mary and Joseph and say, okay, we've given you now. We want, at any time, we want special access to Jesus. We want to be able to go to the green room and hang out with Jesus. And, uh, and I want you to spray paint our names on the side of your donkey so there's advertising and telling the world. Or uh, I always want you to carry this plaque and say, uh, this was all provided for by the wise men. No, they, they don't have any of that stuff. Um, they just come in, they bow before Jesus, open up their treasures and just give it to Him and then leave. There's no expectation. They are uncomplicated, simple givers. And Romans chapter 12 verse 6 talks about the, the different gifts that God gives us in our life. And Romans 6, uh, 12 6 says, In His grace, there it is again, uh, God has given us different gifts for, uh, for doing certain things. So this is where we're starting to look at the speciality gift that God gives us to live a life of generosity and the, a life of giving. So if you read two verses down, Paul introduces this gift. He says, if, it, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. So we see that in the Bible, there is a gift of giving. There is a gift upon certain people's lives to be extravagant. And again, I, I said, Every believer should be generous, but some have a special gift to generate wealth and give to the kingdom of God. Just like every single believer should be a worshiper, but there are others that are gifted to lead worship and help and serve the church through that. You wouldn't ever want me to be the guy behind the microphone when it comes to singing. I do not have that gift, but I love to worship. And I know that it's part of my life as a follower of Jesus. And so when Paul says, if your gift is giving, then give generously. And this word generously has two kind of main uh, uh, ideas around it. Number one, it is give, give extravagantly. There's a generous part of it, but there's also a give simply. Let it be uncomplicated. It's not about uh, 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 trying to get uh, giving so that you can get influence with others or giving for this. It's just, God, you've touched my heart. I'm going to give generously. That's the life that we are called to. And that's what these men do. I love it. They just come. They bow down before Jesus. And in their culture, they would have got on their knees and bowed with their head to the floor. These influential, uh, incredible scholars, wise people would come and they just bow down before a child. And they just open up their, the, their gifts, this, this treasure, and give generously. And that, oh, that leads me to my third point that we can learn. Is number, number three, uh, open hearts leads to open hands. I love that. Uh, these wise men, they, as I mentioned, they, they, they bowed down before Jesus. They came and worshipped. They, 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 they didn't care about what anyone else thought. They just worshipped Jesus. They counted it incredible honor to meet this king. And they open up. And then next it says they get up and then they open up their treasures and bring it before Jesus. These extravagant treasures. And so they, they start with worship and this worship leads to a life of generosity. And I believe that's the life that we live as followers of Jesus um, is that we just, we surrender to Him, we worship Him and then we open up our hands and say, God, I want to use what I have and bring that gift to Jesus. And Jesus taught an incredible truth about this idea of treasure. So in Matthew 6 verse 19 and 21, he says, Don't store up treasures on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Uh, it says, Store up your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in uh, and steal. It says, Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So Jesus teaches this powerful truth. He says, Where your 
treasure is, what you, what you are investing in shows you us where your heart is. And so our heart and our treasures are connected. And he, go, and he encourages us to, and I don't think Jesus is saying, don't be wise with your money and don't invest in this world. Um, I think that's part of this gift that people have of generating wealth is they are great stewards with their finances. They are able to invest in things and, and through that investment generate wealth. But, uh, but your, heart is, your heart is not there. Your heart is to make as much money as you can so that you can fund the mission of Jesus in the earth. And so I'm no financial expert. I I know a little bit because my dad's an accountant. He does a lot of investing. And so I've learned a little bit about it. And there's a term in financial or in the financial world called ROI, return on investment. And so the idea about this is you explore as much as you can different investment options. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, where can I invest that I'm going to get the most back? Okay, so that's ROI. But Jesus introduces a new terminology to us here. It's E-R-O-I. So the eternal return on investment. So Jesus says, yeah, maybe investing here is good, but I have a better plan for you. Invest in eternity. Invest in the kingdom of God because there the stocks are never going to drop. The economy is not going to hit a recession. Thieves aren't going to break in. It doesn't like any investment. If you buy a car, it depreciates. Any other any other thing it depreciates it gets uh, uh, it loses value over time but he says when you invest in the kingdom it's not going to devalue it's just going to increase and, and and so as we invest in the kingdom of god as we have this passion to say god i want to live an extravagant and generous life and i'm going to give as much as i can to the mission of jesus uh, and not neglecting looking after your family and being a wise steward of that but just trusting god for uh, over an abundance of what you actually need to to look after your family well and give all of that extravagance into the kingdom of god jesus says then you are you are going to have an eternal return on investment and so this i love this way of living and these men uh, these wise men lived that kind of life and my fourth and final point is that this uh, when we live this generous life when we live and and provide provision for the mission it accelerates the vision of god uh, in our nation so we have as a church we've got big vision we have a vision to impact japan hong kong korea indonesia um Uh, Taiwan, wherever we have a Lifehouse Church, we have a big vision to not just be a a little group of people that loves each other. We want to be that, but we want to go out and we want to reach more people. We want to see people uh, uh, impacted for the kingdom. We want to do do acts of mercy. We want to continue to bless Tejas Asia and give to wherever we can to see the mission of Jesus uh, 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 moving forward in our nations. And the, the pace at which we can do that is based on the provision that we see in our nations. And so I believe that giving a life, living a life of generosity can accelerate the mission of God and prepare us for the second coming of Jesus. And so this is the, the heart that we live with as God's people, as followers of Jesus. And so I, wanna, I just want to pray for us today. I really believe that today many of you have been stirred because maybe you have been uh, 
been a follower of Jesus for a while and you, you're trying to find your place. You're a, a successful businessman or woman or uh, in, in, in whatever area that may be and you, you, you feel like you have a gift to generate wealth and you, you're just trying to find like maybe I'm not good in worship or I'm not good with kids uh, in kids church and I'm just like where, where can I serve? What can I be a part of in church? And I want to encourage you that if you're feeling stirred right now, God has given you the gift of generosity and He wants to bless you. He wants to give you investment tips and strategies. He wants to fill your heart with wisdom and ideas so that you can make a lot of money uh, to provide for yourself and your family and enjoy the life that God's given you. But as well, but even more than that, to bring provision into the kingdom of God, to see the mission of Jesus accelerated in the world. And so I want to pray for you. If you feel like that is you, I want to pray for you. And I, I just want to pray for all of us just that we would be stirred with a heart of generosity. So let's pray. God, thank you that by your grace, you bless us. You give us gifts. And so many people right now, are, their hearts are being stirred, God, to be a part of uh, seeing your, your kingdom mission accelerated, to see people's lives impacted by Jesus. And I pray for your Holy Spirit power upon them, Lord, that you would empower them with fresh ideas for investment and, and, and uh, wise uh, strategies for leadership and, and business and in different spheres of society, that you would bless your people abundantly so that they can have open hands and just see your kingdom accelerated and bring blessing into your church. And I pray for your heart to just fill us all, that we would be those that live with a, a, an eternal mindset, not just trying to store up treasures here on earth, but storing up treasures in eternity. Ask for that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. And so I want to pray for one more group of people. And just as we've been looking at this great story today of these, these wise men that were, they didn't know much about God. They were living in a different nation under a different uh, religion and mindset, but yet something captured their hearts and they were brought into the story of Jesus. And I believe today, if you are not yet a follower of Jesus, I believe that God is drawing you into the story of Jesus. He wants you to come into a relationship with Jesus, that you would become a, a follower of Jesus and live this life of purpose. Uh, to live this life in the kingdom of God to make a difference in the world. And, and if you are being stirred and you know that today is the day that you need to make that decision, you may not understand everything yet, and that's okay. As long as you know in your heart that this is the, this is the next step that you need to make is a decision to follow Jesus. And, and we will help you as you grow in understanding all about this. But right now, I want you to make a decision. I'm going to count to three in just a moment. And I want you to just say, yes, Jesus, in your heart. And then we're going to, I want to pray for you. So one, God loves you. Two, he's got an incredible plan and purpose for your life. And number three, right now, just make a decision in your heart and say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Awesome. If that was you, I just want to say, well done. That is amazing. I'd love to pray for you right now. God, thank you for these people. God, I know that many people are responding right now to this message and this invitation to become a follower of Jesus. Would you, uh, would you forgive them, God? And would you fill them with your love? And would you speak to them about the purpose that you have for their life? Pray this blessing over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Well, I hope that you were inspired and stirred by this message today. And I, I want to encourage you. God has, God has chosen many of you to live this life of extravagant generosity. And so I'm excited to see what God's going to do in many people's lives. And so I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. 
see you later.